first off, I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Boom. First point done. Second off, I would really like it if you came to a live episode of our podcast, if it's convenient for you to be in the Midwest in April. We will be in Chicago at Lincoln Hall on April 11th with guests Sarah Sherman, Maya Dikmasova, and Jane Daly. Then St. Paul, Minnesota, April 12th, we'll be at the Amsterdam Bar and Hall with guests John Moe, Chloe Radcliffe, and Elaine Tyler May. I am so thrilled for these cities to get their first ever cracked podcasts, and I hope you'll be a part of that because, you know, we only live once, and I think it should include incredible live podcasting. Anyway, thanks for listening to that. I hope I'll see you there. And in the meantime, here's this episode. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam. I'm also known as Schmitty the Champ. And I am also, also going to repeat one of the wisest quotes of all time. Here is that quote. Get ready for just some timeless wisdom straight into your ears. Quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. End quote. Uh, just really sticks with me. It's thing from The Office. If you don't know The American Office, uh, g- get on it. It's it's uh, one of the greatest shows of all time. But I, I think about that a lot with our topic today. Our topic today is TV cancellations that caused horrifying cliffhangers. And uh, I think of it partly because it's a quote from TV. Uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. But also because There are so many TV shows out there that millions of people will watch, right? And a whole staff of people will spend millions of dollars making episode after episode. And there's a narrative they're trying to do, right? And then because of uh, business decisions and concerns, suddenly they don't get to keep going. These shows that we're going to talk about today, they all didn't get to take that shot to continue the story. And the misses are remarkable. I've brought on two two fantastic people today. They are working writers and very funny people, Ben Joseph and Chase Mitchell, who you know if you've heard him on the show before. And, and we really, really dug deep into this topic because we all love how shows work and getting into kind of the sausage of how they're made, also just enjoying them as fans. And today we're talking about Uh, Just those really epic misses that just kind of happen due to outside forces and they create a a very perfect kind of mistake artistically. I, I think it's a really, really good time. And so let's get into it. Please sit back. Or make sure that your listening to this will be renewed, right? Because otherwise you'll just stop halfway and you'll be like, do they get together or not in the end? Or some other big narrative question. Either way, enjoy this episode of The Cracked Podcast with Chase Mitchell and Ben Joseph. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Now, of all the art forms, symphonies, paintings, statues, they're usually finished, right? And then TV, we just have these uh, ridiculous cancellations where suddenly millions of people are watching a show and then it's just done. That's like (laughs) kind of one of my favorite things about it in a very dark, weird way. I think they should bring that into more art forms. Someone should just scare a painter halfway through and they don't get get to finish. A book just checks in halfway (laughs) through, sees if people are enjoying it. If they're not, just stops. (laughs) We'll link it in the footnotes, but I think there's one painting of George Washington that was like famously not completed. Oh, I think and I then know that was the dollar bill. That was oh yeah yeah. I think I <laughs> just like I yeah. I think I know that image of like the, there's a corner of it that's like white or something. It's like not yeah finished. yeah. Did George yeah. Washington just not like it? Did he just say no thank you yeah. halfway through and fire I, the artist or what happened? The link will say I think <laughs> he's he was like just I busy. cannot tell a lie. This painting sucks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a funny thing to me that so many go this way. And uh, as far as like key examples of it, I feel like one of them is Elf, the classic show Elf. Yeah. And uh, I think Chase in particular you picked it out because it's like it's such a left turn into darkness. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we all hey we all remember Elf, right? You know who doesn't remember Elf? Yeah, the uh, alien life form. Yes, yeah, stands for Melmec. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, didn't he? He also have a. He had a real name, and they just called him Alf the entire time. But he had like a first and last name. Yeah. I get, I, Gordon Shumway. Yes. <laughs> Which is that's a good most. joke. I still laugh at that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was like kind of like a uh, sort of like an ET thing at the end where in the in the finale, 
which it, they didn't know it was going to be the finale, but it ends with, with like this uh, crane shot of him surrounded by uh, like the government. Basically, uh, they find him. <laughs> he kind of got honeypotted, I guess. He was supposed to meet up with some Melmachians who are in a spaceship. And they had to bail. And when he shows up, there's government agents waiting for him. And I guess they were going to do another season, but they didn't. And so <laughs> it, just ends, it ends on that shot, which is a huge bummer. But then they, um, I was reading about it, and they did a TV movie, I guess, to like a, a Deadwood style to wrap, <laughs> right. to wrap things up. I believe David uh, Milch was also in charge of this one. Yeah. And, um, a lot more swearing. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of uses of cocksucker. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess they tie it up. But the Tanner family, I haven't. So I haven't seen the movie that they used to to quote tie it up. But right. apparently, it doesn't really touch on the ending that much. He's neither the property of the government nor uh, the family from the show is not in it either. I believe. Right. So it's just Alf. It's you know Muppets Take Manhattan. But with Alf, it's just not related to the previous thing at all. Um, <laughs> like the the threat of the government wasn't a thing throughout, right? It was more just like, oh no, Alf thinks socks are food, and that no, causes yeah. problems for the family. No, it's like how in the office, how they didn't, they totally forgot that there was a camera crew until the very last right. season, and then they tried to bring it back. Oh yeah, wait, yeah, uh, we planned this the whole time. Uh, yeah, Pam was falling for a sound guy or whatever. Right. Um, it's kind of like a lot of like high concept sitcoms like that. I guess kind of. Third Rock from the Sun was kind of the same way. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, how often are they going to be like checking in with the, you know, the, the alien right, leader right. back home or whatever? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a real elephant in the room every time, isn't it? If one of the main characters is from another planet and trying right. to get back there. Right. Uh, and especially with like Alf, he's, he's a puppet, right? Like the show's kind of for, for children. Well, he's a puppet and occasionally a little person in a costume if the, if the camera's far away. That's how that works. Oh, I didn't know they made it that way. <laughs> There's some good, uh, in, in, I actually watched the finale. There's some good, you know, it's, it's also funny because it kind of gives you an idea of like what E.T. would look like if it was made for $10. Because <laughs> like Alf is like mostly a multi-cam sitcom where it's one set and the four cameras. And then, but for this finale, they like went, they went out to some field somewhere and like had some, I think you get one side of the spaceship and the rest is just some PA on a ladder, like waving flashlights at Alf to show that, <laughs> to show, to show that the spaceship is coming down. Do we know? <laughs> if Alf was like, did it start because of ET? Basically, I really don't know. I actually don't know. Uh, I would. It's, it yeah, ET it. kind of did inspire. Like there was a Mac and Me, which I recently watched for the first time, which was also a, oh, a very wow. blatant Alf yes. knockoff. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed to inspire a lot of like kid takes care of an alien. Yes. Uh, yeah, because because uh, Alf started genre. in 1986, which I think uh, is yeah. after ET came e out. ET so was 84. Yeah. Alf is yeah. also the subset of puppets and sitcoms, which will, you know, get us to our, one of our other shows as well. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it was that, and it were, there was also that, uh, that it wasn't Married with Children, but it was the show that, like, looked like Married with Children. Oh, where, yeah. Where oh, I, would, I watched that entire show. What every was single Happily episode. Ever After? What was it called? Uh, I think it was Unhappily Ever oh, After. Oh, my God. That's the, that's the joke, <laughs> buddy. Boy. Yeah. Uh, where the dad, who was an Al Bundy knockoff, was also schizophrenic, I guess. He, <laughs> he would he talked to a puppet uh, in his basement. Who sounded like Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. yeah. Because oh, it was boy. Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's nothing funnier than serious mental disorders <laughs> if you were making TV in the past. It was the best. When we were prepping this and talking about it, you both almost immediately said, oh, dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Oh, That's yeah. just a show. <laughs> that, uh, I think, is, is the, the quintessential <laughs> example of this. I mean... Well, it's a little different because they knew they were ending the show. Like, Alf was like, oh, here's something, here's a cliffhanger that come back in three months after the summer and we'll wrap everything up. But dinosaurs knew they were going to end yeah. it. You wanna Which is the even more baffling. I mean, yeah. <laughs> people should watch it if they haven't seen it. You can find it on YouTube, the ending. But uh, it's incredibly bleak. Because if, if people don't know the show, it came out in the early 90s, and it was the Jim Henson people made yeah. giant puppets of dinosaurs yeah. that were very cute and fun. And the baby would famously misbehave and say, gotta love me. And like, that's the <laughs> That baby's show. funny. I went back and yeah. watched it. That baby it holds got, up. <laughs> shit holds it's up, great. man. Yeah. Also, um, the real sad ending is that baby is voiced by the guy who voiced Emma, who turned out to be oh, a statutory rapist. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, Kevin, <laughs> wow. Kevin Clash? Kevin Clash, yeah. <laughs> he's funny. He was a talented man. Hey, he's no. extremely talented. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah. 
Um, well, it's anyway. none of our faults or whatever. It's just <laughs> it's, I know it we all just got really quiet, like <laughs> yeah. we had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. I think, but we just we enjoyed the comedy stylings of the baby so much that we felt yeah. complicit. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the show, yeah, it was yeah. it was like uh, in particular for kids, kind of like Elf, because all oh, these puppets are doing stuff. It was kind of a quasi like Flintstones, Simpsons. I mean, they were going. I think they were going for like a show that your whole family can watch together. Yeah, but then the finale not only does the and I guess if you're watching a show about dinosaurs, intellectually you know that at some point dinosaurs will die, but you don't imagine that it will be depicted on the show yeah. itself. <laughs> you think maybe that'll be just somewhere in the future and they won't address it. <laughs> but not only do they deal with the extinction of dinosaurs, but it's all the patriarch's fault. It's all the main character's fault that it happens because they try to address. <laughs> They try to address something that happens environmentally. He works for a big corporation yeah. that pollutes, and there's some kind of problem, and then they try and address it. He Guys, comes up every with May, the bunch bugs come through. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, the bunch bugs don't come through, and the vines are growing up. Now, how are you going to get rid of vines? Wait, so the so the, the bugs prevent the vine growth. Yeah, yeah the, but so the, the bugs, bugs come through yes, and eat all the, the vines. vines but because growing. the We Say So Corporation, or, or Earl Sinclair works, <laughs> a lot of great... <laughs> we Say So. Also, is, and Sinclair's a reference to the gas station chain, right? Oh, That's probably. I didn't yeah. think I about guess that. it must be, yeah. They have yeah. a dinosaur logo, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was one of those classics like Chain where they, they turn the bugs' habitat into a parking lot so the bugs can't eat the vines. Mm. So they kill... So they drop... Um, like pesticides everywhere to kill the uh, kill the plants that are growing too much, but they end up killing all the plants on Earth. And the dinosaur <laughs> logic is okay. What brings plants back? Rain. How do you get rain? Clouds. So they drop bombs into a volcano <laughs> to, to create clouds, and that brings on the ice age, which kills the dinosaurs. Which I'm not sure is like totally historically accurate. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it is if you're a Scientologist, I guess. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, uh, that's literally what, the origin of Scientology. That's what the final video is yeah. when you when you when you clear all your thetans, they bring you into a room and show you the dinosaurs <laughs> finale. <laughs> right. Like, this is what we believe. And I think it. I, li- I think it literally doesn't. And I've watched the final moments. Uh, and I've gone back and watched it a couple times. But it literally doesn't even end on a laugh. It l- ends no, with it's like, like the, snow like falling. Looking, on they're a, looking yeah. out the window forlornly at right. a world that's about to kill them. Yeah. Wow. I will yeah, say, yeah. watching it as a kid, uh, that show used to bother me a little bit because it was like a very kind of heavy-handed message show. Like they do episodes about racism where the where the four-legged dinosaurs hate the two-legged dinosaurs and they learn that's wrong. <laughs> so like watching that one as a kid, I really remember like, oh, this is the environmental episode. Yeah. Okay, blah, blah. How are they going to wrap this up? Oh, no, they're not. And it just like, <laughs> the fact that it didn't have like a neat resolution kind of broke me as a child. That's true. Yeah. That I guess I kind of forgot that it wasn't unprecedented. I mean, they did do, yeah, they yeah. Did do serious episodes like that, which is so weird. Considering it's like life-size puppets, <laughs> I mean, not that not that puppets can't do drama. I think we all saw the, the Happy Time Murders and agree that yeah, it's exactly. one of the best films of our generation. But there was that middle area a lot of sitcoms ended up in where it's like, oh, now Home Improvement is about serious issues all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. I guess I don't watch a lot of multicams now, but I don't know if that's still a thing. Like very special episodes. No, I don't. I don't know. I think yeah. I think the '90s in general, like a, a lot. This whole trope in general of kind of ending a show in an unsatisfying way, I feel like happens less and less just because we live in the age of streaming where they yeah. give you 10 episodes to make all at once. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, you get to sort of tell your story and wrap it up. And back then, you would basically do 21 episodes of the same story, you know, like the same, oh, goofy dad and, you know, annoyed mom. And at the very end, you have to do something to make people want to come back in three months, so you throw some drama in there. And if you don't come back, then it's suddenly just unresolved and weird. Yeah. Well, and even and this Dinosaurs one... Like they didn't know they were going to get canceled, but I feel like they they freaked out or panicked or something, or they just handled it really weirdly. Well, right? yeah, I mean, uh, like, <laughs> I can't imagine what the show would have been after that. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Because like you you said, Chase, with a show about dinosaurs, we know they are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of the many theories about how the dinosaurs died, I think it was like a meteor or something. Yeah, yeah, right. right? And so they they instead did this <laughs> no, whole crazy. It definitely thing. wasn't a corporation. Yeah, it, it wasn't capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Like it would be like you go into the movie Titanic, you know, the ship will crash. But it's like if they made Titanic and the ship was like captured by terrorists or yeah, something yeah. or some yeah. like nutty other thing that, that didn't happen. <laughs> I think the jo- the one joke it might end on is I think the news reporter signs off and his name is Harold Hand Up Me because he's a puppet. Oh, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a nice. It's <laughs> a good ending. <laughs> We've looked at uh, so far a lot of those like late 80s, early 90s period. 
And then Chasey had also picked out a recent show, The Last Man on Earth, which ended in 2018. I think yeah. I think we might be letting a few listeners know it ended. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that uh, got canceled very recently on a, a pretty uh, yeah, strange well, beat. Last Man on Earth is a show that I really wanted to love. I mean, I, I, I think it's one of the best pilots I've ever seen. I mean, the first episode of that show is, bar none, like truly one of the best pilots I've ever seen. And then from that point on, I mean, it always kind of felt like the show was kind of trying to find out what it wanted to be. Yeah. So there was a little bit of like lost type world building that would happen. You know, they would do things like they would bring in Jason Sudeikis uh, would play Will Forte's brother. And he was started out in space. He was an astronaut. There was, that was a whole like season long arc where we saw him at the beginning of the season uh, in the space shuttle, uh, like kind of stranded or no, he was in like the international space station. He was kind of stranded alone out in space and then like oh. figuring out how he was going to get to earth and then find, uh, Will Forte's character for a comedy. It did a lot of like big swing type stuff, but then the final season, they really like blew it out. They, uh, there was a twist where they drove out to, uh, the desert, I guess. They were somewhere in like Mexico or something like that. And there was a whole society of people. Like, so uh, up until this point, they had really om- only introduced like a character at a time. So they, they would add a new character. And sometimes they would do a really funny runner, which I really liked, where they would add, they would take a really big name actor and then have them get killed immediately. <laughs> so they did that with like Will Ferrell shows up for like a scene and then he has a heart attack and like John Hamm shows up and he gets shot immediately. Like it, <laughs> those, that was a really funny uh, bit. But this was a whole society of people wearing like gas masks, I guess, who were living underground. And there's a, this really ominous final scene where our group of, of survivors that we've been watching um, happens upon this society and they all kind of file out of their like underground lair and there's like you know uh, 50 of them but it's it indicates that there could be you know just countless number of them and so you find out that oh so we've been thinking these are the last people on earth but uh they're not there's a whole society that's happening and then it got canceled and then it got canceled uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's like a like a TV's lost. The others just show up. Yeah, I mean, the end of the like, I know. It, like, I mean, I guess Lost got good enough ratings where it was pretty safe the whole time. But man, what if that had happened? Like, yeah, yeah. then they wouldn't have been able to answer all those questions. That they answered. <laughs> lost might have had an unsatisfying ending. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's such a big swing, like you say, for a comedy. That yeah, they would do enormous world building. Did you then, Did you read about how they were going to end it if they? Uh, uh, I have not. Is there? Oh yeah, it's, it actually. It's. I mean, it's. It's basically what you just said with the other that they were gonna, they were gonna turn out to be people who had survived in a bunker, survived the illness, and come out and be like, oh my god, survivors! I'm so glad the virus is finally gone. Let us take our gas masks off, and then our group immediately infects all of them oh, and they die great. horrible deaths. From yeah, this it's virus. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and like maybe you know one or two of them survive and join the group, but uh, but <laughs> yeah, like I said, that show that show it was really a show of of like big. Big, huge ideas like that. And, yeah. and sometimes it works. Sometimes it, there, I think there was maybe like a whole season where I was just barely hanging on because they, you know, it felt a little aimless or whatever. But I really like that they would do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and they weren't afraid to like be dark. I mean, there's scenes where there's an entire parking lot full of like, you know, uh, dead bodies or whatever. They did like address wow. the fact that there was an illness that wiped out humanity and stuff like that. And so they would do pretty dark humor and stuff. Maybe when people are making these shows, I wonder how much they're either afraid of the fear of we might get canceled. Let's always keep it safe. Or if they're just leaning into it, like, like let's die and be legends, you know, yeah, let's yeah. just make this crazy thing well, and see what happens. That is one thing I miss with kind of the new, like, you know, sort of eight to 10 episodes, sort of tightly scripted story is you, you, you don't get the big when someone's just like, Oh no, we have to write a show this week. What are we going to do? Fuck it. Take a big swing and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you get less of that. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think of a show like search party where, which I think is an amazing show, but it's, you can kind of get the sense watching it that they didn't plan on making a second season when they made the first one. Right. And then when they made the second one, they also thought that could be the end of it. Right. So if you get these, yeah. the sense that like when people make shows now, they're kind of constantly ready for it to be over, which is, I guess, good in a way because you don't get left on a, a big cliffhanger that doesn't to get paid off or something, but yeah, I mean, but I, I do miss the vibe of like, Oh, these are my friends. I'm going to check in with them every week. We're going to keep doing it for five, for, you know, three to seven years yeah. <laughs> until the wheels come off and then they'll, they'll wrap it up in some way. <laughs> that sense of, that sense of sort of like stasis. I met that comfort. Yeah. Food, yeah, yeah. I miss a little bit. 
Yeah, well, because also Last Man on Earth, it was on Fox, and uh, it was on Fox with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and apparently they got canceled at the same time. They and did, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has since lived on, right. getting picked up by another network. So mm. it was probably a very close-run thing with Last Man on Earth that got nominated for five Emmys. It was right. a, a show people liked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there ending. was when it yeah. when it got canceled, there was a sense that maybe a streaming service would swoop in and, and pick it up or something. But nothing's happened yet. I mean, I don't yeah. know if uh, it's it sounds like Will Forte has maybe moved on to maybe doing a McGruber TV show, which I think is oh my a fine tra- is a fine <laughs> trade off. Really? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I would oh, take that in a second. Yeah. That would be the best. But like, but we d- then we did get Brooklyn Nine Nine back, which. It's just a lot more straightforward. Like we, yeah, like, well, there was like, not too like much Ben of a is saying. Here. I think it, Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> is a show that I think does kind of live in that stasis a little bit more, where there there is a status quo, yeah, and it's not as much of a high concept show. It's not to say it's not extremely funny. The jokes are very good, but yeah, it's it is much more of like uh, at the at the end of the show, you know, like everything's going to wrap up right. with a bow on it. As far as shows that are really, really out there, we've got a few like time travel driven things. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which was in 2008 and nine. And uh, I think Banyan picked it out. It's one that is building off of the whole Terminator universe. Oh, man, so I just I love the travel. audacity of that show of, of saying we're going to make Terminator work on television somehow. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't really. <laughs> I mean, I think that was really I, I, I think I watched most of it on its first run. But um, so it, it only lasted 31 episodes. It only lasted a short first season and a full length second season. Yeah, um, it starts out in the mid 90s because that's when Terminator happens. But because it was being shot in 2007 and their budget didn't allow for like Nirvana T-shirts or whatever, <laughs> at the end of the first episode, they time traveled to 2007. Great. And yeah, you um, don't want to clear all those Pearl Jam songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> too, too much work. And that's when the rest of the series takes place is 2007 until the very end when Fox was like, all right, hey, Terminator, your ratings are low. Your show is way too expensive. We can't afford all these Terminators. Hey, Terminator. They address the Terminator directly when they <laughs> yeah. are speaking about the show. <laughs> what are you going to do to fix this? And and also, it's way too complicated. Nobody can follow it. What are you going to do to fix this? And the very last episode sends them into the far future, into post-judgment day. The Terminators have taken over. And John Connor, because he, te- because he time-traveled for... John Connor being the savior in the Terminator world, who he must be protected so he can fight the Terminators. Yeah. Because he time-travels forward, he never existed. And I don't know how well you followed that just now, <laughs> me explaining it. <laughs> but imagine that being the last five minutes of a TV show, and then it just ending. And <laughs> Yeah, I needed an enormous chart of all this. Yeah. So, so yeah. Basi- <laughs> they basically <laughs> destroyed the entire premise of the TV show in the last few minutes, and also promise a season that takes place in the future in a high-tech sci-fi future world, which would be somehow, which would be way more expensive than 2007. So you can see why it got yeah. canceled. Yeah. But it was just like confusing and unsatisfying and then it was over. <laughs> it's the future, but we're only staying in this one room yeah. for the yeah. entire season. <laughs> Trust us though, it's the future. I mean, watch, outside. Lo- looking back at it now that it's 15 years later, it's like, oh yeah, this is very clearly a 2007 TV future. It's dark, there's a green light and a little bit of fire on the ground. Like this is this is the dystopia, this is the dystopia on a budget of 2000, right. 2008 or nine. <laughs> it's just funny that they could make more of a mess out of the Terminator timeline. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole thing is is been just is garbage at this point. Anyway, I mean, like between uh, Terminator Three and Salvation and uh, Genesis, the uh, which I've seen all of. I saw all of them in theaters. Yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah, all <laughs> so sorry, bad. Chase. Yeah, I know. I thank you. Um, <laughs> it's the fact that the, the TV show, which I think was supposed to take place on a separate timeline, anyway, right. Yeah, just could throw more wrenches into things, but yeah. like, it's pretty difficult to follow what's going on in a Terminator story just within the single movie that you've sat down to watch in a theater, and you're yeah. not looking at anything else, right. you're not paying attention to anything else. Well, because it's also not really the time <laughs> travel, which is the point. The time travel is kind of the stuff you have to get out of the way. A yeah. Terminator movie is really a Terminator is coming to kill me. I need to escape him. Yeah, and I think yeah. the, the farther you move outside that premise, the more like stupid and nonsense it becomes <laughs> like the clo- the, clo- the the more time travel kind of sneaks its head in the door you're like no get out of here just want, i want to see you know ro- you want to see arnold fighting uh, robots are killer robots like the most expensive tv thing and i mean both in terms of like the cost of putting it on screen and also the the like script pages effort of explaining right. and laying out yeah because the only other show i can think of like that is the westworld show which is apparently insanely expensive to make 
even oh, though the sure. robots just look like people. But right. it, there's a lot to cover with that. Really hard to do. Well, there is a thread because <laughs> because Terminator was canceled because of its cost and. Uh, the only thing equally expensive to robots is apparently puppet dinosaurs, because that's also why dinosaurs was canceled, <laughs> is because that show was extremely expensive and hard to make to basically get like a 1950s sitcom with a twist. Uh, yeah. Right. And a, and a huge team of puppeteers yeah. to operate the <laughs> yeah. like yeah. plaid shirted dad To dinosaur. basically get Ralph Cramden from the Honeymooners. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, you know, the effort showed they were good looking puppets. <laughs> I think it's a thing now. I know I know a lot of girls who've admitted to the son Robbie being like their first crush or something like that. I like was going to say that was my like, uh, that was my model. He of was cool. a hot dinosaur. Yeah, he was a hot, he had, like cool spiky. Dinosaur. Hair. Yeah, he had like the right jacket. Yeah, and just, oh, man. Yeah. Folks, head on down to the footnotes <laughs> for one hot dino <laughs> coming your way. Never wore pants. <laughs> I think that was across the board. No pantsless dinosaurs. Like pants are not yeah. part of that dinosaur society. Lo- they loved tops, jackets, <laughs> shirts. Yes, nothing yeah. going on downstairs. Also, the mom was Lu- Lucille Bluth in a. Uh, that I guess that was just a little weird lull in her career. Oh, that was her voice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Because it's hey. weird because she's wow. not doing. It's not a. It's very like warm and maternal, which, yeah, yeah. which she did not do between Lucille Bluth and Mallory Archer. Did not do for mm-hmm. the latter part of her career. <laughs> did not know that. Well, and also another uh, another time travel show we've got is the famed show Quantum Leap, which I I only ever saw as like reruns. Yeah, uh, same. So I mean, I, I my memories of that are really like staying home sick from school and like catching a couple of reruns on TV or something. I I mean, Bacula's great. I oh, love that guy. I feel like that's a show that and I haven't revisited it as an adult, but I feel like that's one that probably across the board has not aged well. Because I feel like, well, a lot of it was like, he looks in the mirror and he's like, what? I'm black? Like, yeah. it, 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 so much of it was like, yeah. I'm a woman? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I did watch the answer. There are three distinct shots of him wearing dresses and just yeah, like, yeah. look how silly this is. Scott Bakula in a dress. There's a cracked article, we'll footnote, that I drew this from. But also just any time he is in someone else's body having romance with someone is technically uh, very bad. Uh, yeah. That shouldn't oh, be happening. Yeah, this, uh, that's uh, a real consent issue. <laughs> uh, right. It's just not good. But you I know, don't, consent I, of the I, show, I, what are you going to do? I'd, hey. question, I'd question the metaphysics of that. If it, <laughs> <laughs> what is the nature of the sleeping? Is he, is, is he like just like demonically possessing a person or is it like a more sort of like... <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> there should be an episode where like Catholic priests cast him out of somebody's <laughs> body. That would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, I just I, if if you took Quantum Leap to court if you took I, I don't know what his actual name is but if you, if you well, took it, it, his it, his name is Dr Sam Beckett uh, which I think is some sort of highbrow reference to the author Samuel Beckett it's probably uh, sure. some kind of, of fancy yes I knew that on my own without you saying waiting for Godot <laughs> yeah. so I haven't seen the finale of Quantum Leap but I know that it ends with like just a title card. Which is not a good sign. I mean, anytime a movie does that, it always feels like a huge cop out. But I mean, like, what did it say? Do you? Do you- so it. So the final episode, he is in a bar that is like symbolically purgatory with mm. a bartender who is symbolically God. Uh, so we're really waiting for Godoting it, you know, yeah. real hard, you know. And then it just, like you say, it just ends with a title card that says. So why is God hanging out in purgatory? <laughs> like, I gotta get away from my bitch wife. <laughs> Right. Heaven sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he's there. And then it just ends with a title card that says Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. Also, the title card misspells uh, the name Beckett. Oh, geez. Puts it with one T instead of two, (laughs) which it has canonically been the whole time. I actually I watched that. I watched like, you know, uh, sort of the back half of that finale in preparation for this. And I actually think it's a very sweet ending. He chooses. He basically has a choice. He can either save his partner's marriage or like go home, which has been his mission the entire time, uh, and he decides to save. What's the? Do you guys know what the hologram's name is? I don't remember. I think it's Al, yeah. but, <laughs> but he but he chooses to like go back in time. It's actually a little creepy because he saved a hologram's marriage, <laughs> <laughs> and for that he threw away his only chance to I, go home. I don't think he was always a hologram. I'm not sure. I think he was real in the future, but could only talk to to Sam through hologram. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It it really any TV show like this, especially pre lots of home video and pre streaming, where they set up a lot of crazy cosmology. I can't believe they tried to do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's so hard to track yeah. if you're just like dipping into it live. I do yeah. think it's more, but I do it's think crazy. it's more the nature of the title card than the ending itself. If they had, like, massaged a little bit more, or, like, if they had, like, Samuel yeah. Beckett continued to help people through the rest of his days instead of, like, <laughs> yeah. nope, never got home. He failed. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. something There's something that, like, 
is so deeply sad to me about a show where someone's trying to get home and can't get home. I mean, I think like the Odyssey stressed me out when I was in high school. <laughs> like any like someone taking a long yeah. time to get home, that is probably some deep seated abandonment issues that I have. Or something, <laughs> but it really stresses me out. And so like Quantum Leap stressed me the hell out. I watched Sliders when it was on. Oh um, sure. I loved I loved sliders. Yeah. I eventually quit on it. I didn't stick with it to the very end because they eventually like replaced people and stuff like that and it kind of lost. But <laughs> but it was another show where people just couldn't get home. They kept going to like alternate realities and they'd get to like that best they would get to a reality where they think it's you know, it's like that Simpsons episode. Like they would get to where some somewhere where they think it's the same. Right. And then it starts raining donuts or something. Yes. Like, oh no, not quite. <laughs> So once, once they replaced the, uh, Jerry O'Connell with a slightly less handsome O'Connell, you were yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he, I knew it was Jerry O'Connell. They replaced him with They replaced like, him with, with his own brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, they, they, that's, I mean, I don't know if you, there's enough to make a crack list out of that, but they also did that. No, that's wrong. They, <laughs> they didn't do that in 70, so they just, it was just Josh Myers. It was just Seth Myers. Oh, yeah, yeah. His brother came in. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you replaced uh, Topher Grace. With, yeah, with, with, with less famous Seth Myers. <laughs> oh, I love pulling it up, brother. <laughs> Like, ah, they won't know. <laughs> it is really sad that instead of giving Sam Beckett the thing he wanted the entire time, they just had him, like, save his buddy's yeah. marriage instead. Because also, I believe there was narrator voiceover to set up the show every week. Like, yeah. you know, sort of a Gilligan's Island, Beverly Hillbillies kind of thing where they right. tell you what's going on. And he would say that Acula will eventually get home uh, <laughs> all the time. And then just, no, didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking liar. Also, uh, this show had a, a sort of a cruel ending in real life because Mork and Mindy was uh, 78 to 82. Apparently, Robin Williams found out it was canceled by reading Variety. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is just a real life tough thing. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what a bummer. But that was a show where I don't know if people followed it, but it had a three-part season finale where they began to travel through time thanks to Mork's shoes that let you do that. <laughs> Three-part season finale is incredibly ambitious for a, for a Happy Days spinoff. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so he had, he had Three-part the... Three-part deep sci-fi finale. Yeah. <laughs> he had the shoes for, for three half hours straight. He had these time-traveling shoes. Yeah, and they but they malfunctioned. What happened was there was an android with a gun of course, blew up Mindy's apartment <laughs> in a quest to kill them. An and android then, who I'm sure looked like just a sort of balding actor in a silver <laughs> jumpsuit. I, I think blue, but <laughs> otherwise, uh, yes. <laughs> so completely different. So they try to use the shoes to escape, but the shoes malfunction and they end up in caveman times. Uh, then they run around caveman times and try the shoes again, even though they know they don't work. And the last shot is them just in a time vortex kind of falling through space. And then, and then the show ended. That was it. Oh, God. That's all you get. Jesus. <laughs> uh, and I remember Mork and Mindy as being pretty lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a lot of hijinks with Robin Williams not understanding stuff. Yeah. You know? They missed a big opportunity there to have a crossover with uh, Twilight Zone and have, like, E equals MC <laughs> squared float by and uh, a window breaking. I mean, it is crazy that Mork and Mindy was just literally Alf. It's just literally the same premise. Yeah. Which is a goofy alien. Except that I guess oh, Alf. Yeah. Did, did Alf want Did Alf want to? Fuck any of the cast in. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just wanted to eat pets. Yeah, like he just wanted to eat cats. Yeah. That was it. So that's <laughs> that's what they swapped it in for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was Mark trying to fuck Mindy? I think they they were dating, right? Didn't they date at some point? Yeah, I, be I believe there was romantic tension. Well, yeah, I it yeah. built into a relationship. Yeah. Our, I'm sure some listener is is shouting the exact matrimonial yeah. <laughs> status of Mark and Mindy. Uh, I don't remember it. And then they were going to make a fifth season. Uh, we've got a Mental Floss article that picks out that the fifth season would keep them going through time, uh, but there would be an educational element. Like they would time travel to meet Abe Lincoln and Ben Franklin. And <laughs> it would yes. be very like like Mr. Peabody and Sherman sort yeah, of. We right. go through time to learn. You know? Fifth season, that's always when you make your show educational. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah, this one Breaking Bad just really doubled down yeah, yeah. On, right. actually, on actually teaching you There's a lot of just instructional <laughs> video on how to make math, <laughs> which is very helpful, actually. <laughs> I want to see the caveman time. Did you have you seen the caveman times that they depicted on Mork and Mindy? Because I, I can't imagine they were extremely convincing. I, I'm imagining yeah. big hollow rocks uh, <laughs> that are being thrown around. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the screenshots are a lot of, it looks like they just took the exact Star Trek original series Rocky backgrounds right. and did this in front of they it. They went to the it's same, same patch of desert 30 mm -hmm. minutes outside LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that it. Could have got that weird and also just ended that weird, like, because especially back then, like, there were not a lot of channels, so tens of millions of people would tune into these shows right. every week. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know, 30 million people 
just ended up with that being how the story was for them. Like, yeah. That's it. We're done. The tagline for every show should have just been like, what else are you going to watch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a person who's worked on TV shows, the, the idea of 10 million people watching your thing and being a failure is just so like baffling to me. It's like, what the fuck do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) I made a thing. I made a thing that 10 million people enjoyed. How is that that not good enough? Oh, is that all? Get out of here. (laughs) I think about it often, like, cause Grey's Anatomy is a show that has been on for so many years that it's been in a few different eras of TV ratings. Right. And so it was a thing where the ratings it got initially made it a hit and then those ratings dropped because ratings on everything dropped. Mm-hmm. But then those ratings stayed kind of steady. And so now in the past few years, everything else dropped that stayed steady. And it's kind of a hit again. Right. It's a really right. weird like progression as a show. It's funny. We were talking about these shows that ended too soon and stuff like that. I think Grey's Anatomy is so far on the other end of like a show that's been on so long. And I watched for a little while. I remember uh, it, was, it was funny. I was in college and they did a post Super Bowl episode. It was the one where Kyle Chandler plays like a bomb oh, technician. Yeah, and yeah, he gets, yeah. gets blown up. Spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> For like season two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. I was like in a fraternity, like my fraternity brothers. There's a bunch of like dudes in the South like watch Grey's Anatomy for a full season after that. That's how good oh, that episode yeah. was. <laughs> but um, it, but it's been on for like 17 years now or something. It's like, what would a satisfying finale of Grey's Anatomy even look like? They certainly can't bring it full circle because so much of the cast has rotated out at this point. It's not like you can right. have meaningful moments with all you know all the uh, original cast members or something like that because they're all gone now i mean like there's only there's only a couple still there yeah 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 it's just ellen pompeo giving you a tour of her seventh beach house (laughs) (laughs) she's been pretty clear in interviews and stuff she's like yeah i'm the highest paid actress on tv i'm gonna keep being great (laughs) when i continue to watch it the uh-huh. thing about that show is really like, the lead there. they will just, with most shows, it'll be like a character reveals something from their backstory. Mm-hmm. It's been on so long that they will just reference stuff you saw 10 years ago. That's oh, wow. It's kind of awesome. It's, like, it's, yeah. That's interesting to me that they would still have that much of an interest in their own continuity. Yeah, um, it's really, they're really dedicated about it. So like mm-hmm. a lot of the character backstory, you're like, I was there. Whoa. It's kind of a nice (laughs) thing. Yeah. 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 Again, it's that thing where like, oh, I'm just going to see my friends every day and it'll, and I'm not, it's not building to something. I just like seeing these people. And then one day it'll have to go away and they'll find a way, you know, (laughs) there'll be an awkward goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll just cure all diseases. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you don't need doctors anymore. (laughs) Everyone's immortal. We're all going to be firefighters and that's just the next season. (laughs) Do you know they spun off into a firefighting show? No, I did not. Oh my god, that's <laughs> oh, incredible! I remember hearing about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, what's the spinoff? What's it's called Station Nineteen. Oh, and it's just okay. One of the doctors became a Seattle firefighter, and then there's other firefighters. Oh, it's just all at the firehouse. You know how doctors leave <laughs> doctoring to be a firefighter, yeah. a equally <laughs> paying job. Well, because there's also Shonda Rhimes is amazing, and she's got a whole team of writers who work right yeah. here. One of them tried to build a show called Off the Map in 2011, uh, which was a Grey's Anatomy type show, but it's about doctors uh, all over the world, like going Mm. on adventures there. Uh, But they only got to have one season. So it ended with the main character trying to save a guy who was dying in his family's burning cocaine field, (laughs) (laughs) which is the most not an ending I think you can do. Like there's there's a lot to resolve there. (laughs) It was also kind of a Grey's thing where many of the doctors, it was like, oh, eventually they'll be romantic together. But they only got one season, so just kind of none of that starts. It's just kind of <laughs> It's so funny that that's medicine. such a thing on medical shows. It's like, I don't know, my mom's been like a nurse for like 30 years, and, and I've visited her at work and stuff like that. And I feel like everyone at the hospital is too tired to fuck. Like <laughs> do- doctors are not going off in a closet and having sex. They're going off and taking a nap. That's like, the, uh, <laughs> that's the hospital drama I want to see too tired to fuck. Just, <laughs> just a bunch of doctors with bags, sallow doctors with bags under their eyes, just wandering the hallways. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's look at a, there's another show here, a, a chase you'd picked out. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Yeah. We've, we've been uh, talking, other than the Grey's stuff, about a lot of high concept time Yeah, yeah. And this one, um, well, this is another one that I don't know if I hung with it until the final season, but I, I was very into, like, as a kid, it, it's funny now thinking about it, There's now that you can't get away from comic book adaptations in any in movies and TV and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. the DC has its own network now. But like at the time when I was a kid, 
I loved comic books and I loved superheroes and I was hard up for like there were almost no other than like the first Batman movie came out when I was a kid and Batman Returns and there'd be like a few cartoons on TV maybe yeah yeah and like cartoons every now and but yeah but there was no like live action depiction of Superman really that I could turn to and so that came on I basically got tricked into watching uh, <laughs> as a chi- as a young boy I got tricked into watching a like romantic comedy TV show that occasionally had some superheroing and very yeah. bad I mean like and I think <laughs> I think Dean Kane did like a good job with the role but like there there was almost no effort made whatsoever on like any of the special effects when there were any yeah the Superman stuff was such a side component to like Lois and Clark's relationship uh, yeah, I lo- think that's that's so funny about anything in the 90s, especially with superheroes on TV. They were like, okay, we're going to make a Superman show, but don't worry, it, it won't be for nerds. Yeah. We're not- <laughs> I think, I, I we'll mean, make, the normals will like it, don't worry. <laughs> that's weirdly a thing that DC still seems stuck on, because it, now they're still doing like Gotham. They're like, oh, it's a Batman show, but don't worry, no Batman. Yeah. None of that yeah, pesky yeah. Batman. Will, uh, and it's now they're cool doing stuff like detectives. You about get it. to do one on uh, stars or epics or something right. about Alfred. I think with the Gotham thing, now it's like that Batman as a movie is such a big bag of money with a dollar sign on it yeah. that they just like anybody who has to do TV has to promise not to touch that money bag. They're like, all right, we're going to make a Batman show, but don't worry. It won't take away from the movies. Yeah. Like they're just so worried of ruining the Batman movie brand that they don't want to like they don't want anybody to see him in a cheesy costume on TV and somehow take away from that. Yeah, Which is crazy because on Gotham now you're you're led to believe in this continuity or whatever that like his entire rogues gallery of villains has now existed for right. like six seasons <laughs> right. without Batman. Like where the fuck is Batman? Who could really use him? I, you know, there are criminals running amok. But yeah, Lois and Clark. I remember. I I have fond memories of the show. I do remember. Like waiting impatiently every episode for him to like put the fucking costume on <laughs> because he was. I feel like he was Clark for like most of the episodes. So they did get together. There was a little bit of like a will they, won't they. But, uh, you know, as with any like Ross and Rachel or Jim and Pam or whatever, it, eventually they had to get them together. And so they were together for uh, for at least the last season. I, I think I remember there was also with that kind of show, it's both will they or won't they get together. And also when will she find out that he's yeah, Superman? Right. I think they yeah. paid off that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Then it became a thing of like will they or won't they have a baby. Yeah. And then in the final episode, they're just – gifted a baby <laughs> who uh, it seems came from Krypton. I mean, he's wrapped in Superman's cape, so they don't explain the origins of the baby at all. And I think that, I think that's another case of they were planning on it if they got another season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's just left with this Kryptonian, I believe baby and no explanation for it. And I guess they're just going to raise it. It just ends with them telling their parents who are both staying with them. Both sets of parents are <laughs> staying in their house. Uh, hey, mom, dad, mom, dad. It's who very, should be in the final season? Brainiac? No, nobody likes that. Have their parents move in. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what people want to see. It would be great if that's just like we found out Kryptonians reproduce asexually. Like he just like butted a baby and didn't want to tell Lois. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I pooped a baby. And then the music plays like just very happy. Yeah. Uh, Bring in the John Williams score. <laughs> that last scene is on YouTube. We'll have it in the footnotes and it's Lois and Clark in bed talking about how some kind of lab tests have finally come back saying the the thing that kind of makes sense, which is that they're different species, and so they yeah. can't have a baby. Right. Um, so they name-check Star Labs in that, which is from the comic books, and it's just funny to use that to, <laughs> to for in the context of we can't reproduce. Right, like, right. It's a real bummer. Instead, to, of, instead of we're working real bummer on... bummer of a reference. Instead of we're working on a secret clone of you. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> this is for the fans. Star Labs <laughs> tested your sperm, and... Uh, <laughs> But they, uh, yeah, they just tell each other, ah, well, we still love each other, even though we can't have a baby. And then for some reason, they just go downstairs and there's a bassinet with a baby under a Superman logo blanket. Yeah. And there's in, an- inside. Like someone broke, or is it outdoors or in, is, it's, it's in, just in that living room? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no like oh, sign there's of a break in. There's a note uh, that says, Lois and Clark, this baby is yours to raise. Uh, yeah, it's, this child belongs to you. Yeah, and that's it. Right. He and Dean Cain just reads it and puts it down, and is then very astounded. And that's the yeah. end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show it to their parents, who must be very confused because I know at least I'm pretty sure Lois's parents do not know that he's Superman. Right. 
So, oh yeah, yeah. Clark's parents may be expecting, oh yeah, you know, we got a baby, you know, delivered to us. So it makes sense. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Sometimes you wake up and there's a baby. <laughs> right. Like, I've, like one of their friends has a baby and they're like, oh, where did it land? <laughs> yeah. uh, like, Where'd no. you find yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's such a clear next season. We will explain this crazy thing we yeah, did. And right. that's just it. That's all you get. Right. Giving Superman a baby never works. Brian Singer tried it in Superman Returns. Yep. It's the biggest mistake he ever made. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> ben, you picked out the show Angel because that is, uh, I, I think people know it was 99 to 2004. And then I would especially see it on like reruns a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it's sort of a Buffy spinoff and it just kind of ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it ended with the world ending, which <laughs> it was a uh, so the bad the big bad for the entire series is this law firm called Wolfram and Hart. Is he a werewolf, the guy who's No, no, it's even it's it's, it's actually it's, it's it's three demons, a wolf, a ram and a heart, which ah, is a deer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's even I mean, even cheekier. Yeah, no, it's it's no, it's no Harold hand up me, but it's <laughs> <laughs> It's still pretty good. So the way the series ends is it Angel goes out fighting, which I actually think thematically is very nice because, you know, it's supposed to like just sort of putting a bow on it. It's like, oh, yeah, this character is always going to be fighting the good fight, although you do want to know what's going to happen to Los Angeles. But I think the story behind the scenes is more interesting, which is apparently Joss Whedon was really feeling his oats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> having a second hit season and just went to the network and said, Hey, if you make us wait another few months for a pickup, I'm going to lose my writers to other jobs. They're going to, you know, where it's going to be harder to start back. I'm going to tell me right now whether or not I have a TV show. And the network said, uh, okay, you don't. <laughs> and then they, had to, they had to end it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, a, just a pure challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, and for people who don't know it, like, cause Angel is, he was a vampire in Buffy. He was a love interest. And then the spinoff is he's some kind of lawyer or detective right. or something. Detective, right? Like yeah. A private it's eye so funny that I just assume everybody knows that, that Angel was about <laughs> a vampire solving crimes in a noir Los Angeles. But, um, yeah, yeah. He solved crimes and he, you know, did all the, they also did a puppet episode. Uh, oh, God. Well, he, uh, Whedon loves the special episode. Too. Yeah. Like, that's a yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was him and his team and they're trying to, and they're trying, they're trying to stop the big bad guys, but they don't. And it ends with Angel, with them like facing down sort of a poorly CGI'd army of demons and a dragon. And Angel's just saying, let's get to work and it cutting black. And I actually, I, th- I think it's a nice ending, but it just also, you do, you do kind of want to know what happened, you know? Well, because I know uh, Whedon continued Buffy with like a comic book series that he basically called like season nine or whatever. Did he do that with Angel as well? I think he did actually. And I think it becomes like, I think they do what they plan to do with the show is it basically, it, they basically change it to kind of a road warrior thing where it's a little like, they don't save the day. It's a little post-apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's him running around sort of a destroyed Los Angeles, which I think is fun, but I also don't, you know, I think that also like I don't love things like that where it kind of destroys the appeal of the original series. Yeah. Like it's fun yeah. seeing this guy in a dark trench coat solving crimes in, in LA and you know and <laughs> <laughs> and also I I think just trying to see them execute that on a TV budget would have been uh challenging. Right, because if it's in regular LA, you can just uh, film it in LA. Yeah, and it's also very. It's, it's, it takes place at night, so it's very dark. So you can just kind of. <laughs> there's a lot. You know, oh yeah, it could be Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like a lot of shows, especially more recently, and if they're nerdier shows, they do have that. Like we've just continued it as a comic book, so everything's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if people are satisfied by that. I don't think I've ever followed a thing like that i don't think i've ever progressed to oh we've got the written version great oh if, if we get if we get to spider-man i've got a good um because it's spider-man the animated series right, right. continuing yeah. in the nerdy vein um yeah. that was the 94 spidey animated series where it was um it was um the first one that really tried to like tell the comic books where it wasn't just the super friends yeah it was, it was like, kind of off the heels of batman the animated series and X-Men. So I think it, there was a kind of a golden age when we were younger of comic book TV shows where they actually tried to like take the comic yeah, book seriously, exactly, which where they would cool. serialize new multi-part episodes. Yeah. Uh, it was animated at about two frames a second, so it did not look great. But <laughs> <laughs> and the cops, I also remember, couldn't have guns, so they had, or they couldn't shoot bullets, so they could only shoot like lasers, which kind of like confused us to like no. what, where, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so the so the end of the series is like this three part serialized story where it actually is kind of like Spider Verse, where it's him teaming up with Spider Man from other 
dimensions, oh, except cool. unlike Spider-Verse, because it was 94, they're all white dudes. <laughs> Just with like slightly different costumes. <laughs> right, the biggest variation you can have. Various white men. Right. Yeah. And sort of the core of this entire series was his relationship, like in the comics, with Mary Jane. You know, Mary Jane was the girl next door. It took him like two seasons to get together with her. Uh, he lost her. She came back. She turned out to be a clone. And the whole question of the series was, Does he? is he ever going to get back together with Mary Jane? Yeah. And because... She had, and <laughs> the way she got lost uh, was falling into a dimensional vortex. So yeah. in this finale, you're like, oh, they're dealing with dimensions. Maybe he'll actually get to see Mary Jane again. And <laughs> and the series ends that they beat the bad guy. Uh, Madam Web, who is this sort of like dimensional traveler, comes up to Spider-Man and goes, Spider-Man, you did a good job. I'm finally going to take you to see Mary Jane. But first, one quick stop. And it's him meeting Stan Lee. <laughs> and so <laughs> it ends with Stan Lee literally hanging onto Spider-Man's back and them swinging through the city. And you never get to see him meet Mary Jane. And then they just end the show. Like, it's clearly how they wanted to end it. But like, I don't know why they chose. Uh, it's pretty clear to me they ended up together. <laughs> It's like a very romantic uh, yeah. duck amuck, the one where Daffy Duck is, yeah. is just being written on. <laughs> right, where he, he meets his creator. <laughs> but it's so crazy. Like, the, the, the final two minutes, instead of, like, wrapping up this love story, they thought it was more important to do this, like, winky meta joke of him meeting a, you know, 77-year-old Jewish man. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy. Is he described as... The creator of Spider-Man in the in world. In oh, yeah. The, well, the way they do it is because they go to there's one Spider-Man who doesn't have powers the entire, entire time. It's actually kind of clever. <laughs> and they're like, man, who is this powerless Spider-Man? And finally, the Spider-Man, it's like, oh, in my dimension, I'm an actor paid to play Spider-Man. Uh, Here, let me show you around my dimension. This is Stan Lee, the guy who created me. Wow. Yeah. Well, because we've talked about, I don't know, half a dozen shows that have various dimensions, which yeah. is crazy. But I feel like a comic book one, that's the most fair to do because it's such a thing in the written yeah, comics. They yeah. do it all the time. Yeah. But also, from a narrative perspective, to just leave it there is nuts. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> this is another, another metaphysical one, kind of. Uh, the show Joan of Arcadia, uh, which was on CBS in like 2003. And it was about Amber Tamblyn's a teenager who can speak to God. And mm -hmm. so they had a lot of various adventures with that, usually about, like, morality. Weren't there two shows that were like that on at the same time? Oh, maybe Touched by an Angel or something? That, there, there's been kind of a, a yeah, whole slew yeah. of... I think there's now one called, like, Friended by God or God something. Friended oh, God Friended. Oh, God Friended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've... So this is in that, that storied history of shows where God is involved. And apparently the network had been telling them, hey, it's a little too just, like thinky, touchy-feely, we need some, like, action going on. And so the show's writers were like, okay, we'll start to... Can God to punch someone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they were kind of going toward that. They started to set up a storyline where a kid named Ryan, who's played by Wentworth Miller, who went on to prison break and stuff like that, would turn out to be the Antichrist on Earth. And oh, so wow. then Joan has to... So left turn into, like, <laughs> a very left-behind series sort of, like, end-of-the-world battle. Yeah. Uh, and so the last episode ends with Joan finding out that this kid's the Antichrist and she'll probably need to fight him. And that's the show. That's it. But they cancel it anyway. <laughs> and wait, but she also kind of wants to kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably. Yeah. I mean, it's Wentworth Miller. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Very, very handsome man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was that? The, do you know if that was the first other supernatural thing they'd introduced? I think it was it was often a monotheistic world where it's there's just God and everything else. So like she'd just communicate with God, and then was and that then the one where would God communicate in. with her through different? things was that that one because like yeah different oh where it's like a the yeah, fish a, like a fish on a wall yeah or, yeah or, yeah or like yeah. a bird would chirp to her uh well, uh, well they didn't have facebook yet yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was god couldn't friend her <laughs> yeah but i'm looking at an article about that cancellation now and yeah they, they it, it, it had a pathetic eight million viewers that's why they had to cancel it <laughs> which would now make it the most popular show on television <laughs> <laughs> when it, and i when i was Mentioning like art at the very beginning, like I just keep thinking about that being I think it's totally unique to like history that, that just there can be a piece of art that millions and millions of people are following and then it just doesn't end satisfyingly. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe novels as popular as Dickens is or something got right. to that point, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. And I get I guess really only if the author died or something. I mean, like that's yeah. really the only way that I could see, you know, hint, hint George R. R. Martin. <laughs> The elements of fine art there, it leads me to think of Bored to Death, 
which Chasey picked out. That was on HBO from 2009 to 2011. And was like a pretty a pretty highbrow comedy. It was, yeah. It was <laughs> one of those comedies that's so highbrow, uh, you're not even sure whether you're, you're supposed to laugh at it or not. <laughs> um, I liked it. I mean, it, that was really part of the like Ted Danson renaissance that has continued with oh, he's uh, a good place. Oh, he's yeah. so great. Yeah, and uh, but he was wonderful on board to death as well. Zach Galifianakis was great on there. Yeah, it, that was it, one of the weirdest endings. I mean, basically the main character who is a I guess supposed to be a version of the the guy who created the show. Yeah, it's, um, it's although like, they don't uh, look alike at all. Yeah, uh, it's Jonathan Ames is the creator and yes. then Jason Schwartzman is playing like basically him because it's about a writer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman finds out that the woman that he's in a relationship with and has had sex with is his half-sister and he in like the closing moments of the show he has like an opportunity to tell her and decides not to. And um, yeah, and, and it just it. ends that way. Um, <laughs> well, so half-sister still bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. We will uh, footnote just some reasons why. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it depends on who we're talking about. <laughs> I do remember Jonathan Ames was one of those New York writers who was like, oh yeah, I'm literary and smart and also maybe a pervert. I feel like that was kind of sort yeah. of his brand. This is from an article where they said that, quote, Ames said that he intended the storyline of uh, this thing we talked about and its closing shot as allusions to any number of works, including Oedipus Rex, another narrative about a man seeking the truth about his parents that Mr. Ames called the first detective story, as well as films like Casablanca, Vertigo and Chinatown. So he referenced <laughs> three of the greatest films of all time yeah, and for Greek his drama for his HBO half hour comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about fucking your sister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the article also says that. Because like many of these shows, they didn't know whether they'd get another season. The article says that Ames said whether or not they got a fourth season, he was, quote, not troubled by the idea of Jonathan and Rose continuing their affair, if only in his audience's imagination. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, he, he was very bold about this. Yeah. He wasn't like, <laughs> really no, no, want no, you no, to no, picture no. it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you're saying they had been sleeping together in the show when the show ended. So yeah. the deed, oh, man. It's funny, though. I feel like audiences... I feel like audiences will allow for incest if the two people are hot enough. Like, you don't, <laughs> people are not that upset about Jon Snow and Daenerys, uh, Daenerys yeah. hooking up. Yeah. Like, they're just not. Because that's kind of been the end game of the show the whole time. Right. And they're both hot. So you could be, you tell me until you're blue in the face that, that she's his aunt or whatever, which right. is maybe the grossest familial connection that you could have. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, people but are still like, loves yeah, it. yeah, people love it. <laughs> It, it kind of goes with the anti-hero thing that a lot of shows do where I feel like as an audience, we're just trained to like the main character. Yeah. You know, like we just like Walter White, even though he is ruining his family and his community. Yeah. And so if if a main character is having vaguely incestuous relationships, <laughs> we're like, they are the main character, though. Right. And yeah. that just counts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, he's still getting it in. <laughs> Alex is mo frantically motioning to the engineer to cut all of that, <laughs> to <laughs> burn the tapes. <laughs> we just burn the studio down after that. Or that is they burn the tapes that says, send them to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but uh, the whole country just watches Game of Thrones, and they're like, yeah, ah, yeah. it's in the past, sort of, and it's a fantasy show. <laughs> yeah. In the past, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Folks, that is the episode for this week. My thanks to Ben Joseph and Chase Mitchell for uh, just kind of examining how the delicious, delicious sausage is made of television, which we all love so much and love to make and do. It's kind of the best. And, and uh, all these shows that end strangely, I think we kind of love it more than we're upset. If you know what I mean? Like, like there are so many shows that end normally really rare and exciting to get a strange one. Uh, it feels great. You know what else felt great? putting together these food notes where we've got all kinds of uh, citations about the various art we talked about, the shows. Also, I cannot recommend enough that Lois and Clark final scene of the entire series. As Chase pointed out, they, they reference Star Labs for the fans uh, while they're talking about their infertility. And then suddenly there is a baby in their house and everyone is just presented with the baby. And that's that's the very, very mysterious end of the show. I, I just love thinking about how if that was how a novel ended, you would throw the book across the room. You would be like, why did they just cop out uh, after I invested four years? 
What else is in the footnotes today? Well, we have some very exciting live episodes coming up very soon in the Midwest. Chicago, April 11th, Lincoln Hall. St. Paul, Minnesota, April 12th, Amsterdam Bar and Hall. Uh, make us part of your spring. I'd love it if you did that. Tickets are in the footnotes, and you can see me with wonderful guests who I mentioned before. And uh, this is unique for this show. I feel like this is a, sort of a milestone thing, and I hope you'll be part of it. And in the meantime, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Devin Bryant and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. A space that probably would have freaked out when that dinosaurs finale happened, if we had it. I, I, think, I, th I think Baby Sinclair would have been trending. I think uh, uh, people would have made memes out of volcanoes. Almost certainly the Church of Scientology would be involved, as we said. My own Twitter account, not involved with that, is at Alex Schmitty. I'm also on Instagram at Alex Schmitzstagram, and I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I'm happy to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.